Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual. I'm your host, that's TDD NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and it's quick snaps. Oh, yeah, doing it, Pete. I'm doing it, Stephen. I can hear you doing it, Pete. <laughs> Pete, and I like to do it together. So Pete, um, we brought Daryl back into the podcast studio because we got the win. Um, which was science in the time. And now we've quick snaps and we have you in. So what happens if we lose this game against the Vikings? I just thought that it's very hard to keep up the logistics now at this stage. <laughs> well, I think both Daryl and I are both benched at that point. <laughs> yeah, and I'll have to get Aaron Rodgers on to give you some Pat McAfee treatment on the podcast or something. Um, we, You know what? It's a quick episode and we've spent at least four hours in pre-production talking about um, well we've solved the world's problems that's for sure and we will be releasing the Meaning of Life podcast next week um, but we were talking about trades Pete and you dropped an interesting discussion in the Packers UK Packers private I'm tripping over myself today um, private Facebook group which you can get into and you were talking about trades because we see we're going to draft Will Fuller that is tacked on JJ Watt I think is doing his medical as we speak in Green Bay and also um, even Bill O'Brien is in I think they're just going to get him too even though they sacked him in Texas they're going to bring him in for no reason look we've been linked to everybody Pete haven't we um, so what's your take on trades, who we bring in, who we have brought in and who we maybe should punt? <laughs> well, I think I think always at this time of year, we get somewhat excited and, 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 and there's lots of reports from unnamed sources and things. But, but typically not very much tends to happen from a Packers perspective at this time of the year. And I pretty much expect the, the same again. You know, I wouldn't surprise me if there's if they're talking to people, that absolutely, I think, will be will be the case. But it's very difficult to get a, get a deal done. You know, what what draft capital are you prepared to give up? And you know, how do you fit a guy that you're trading for under under the salary cap? You know, particularly when things are, are difficult. So, you know, somebody like Will Fuller would be a good will be a good pickup, the wide receiver from from the Texans. Whether that's a deal that they can get done, um, I really I really don't know. That's yeah. the one that seems to be kind of headlining today as it were but I'm sure that if we're in for Fuller then multiple teams are, are interested in talking so yeah, my gut feel is it would surprise me if, if anything very much happened from a Packers perspective Yeah like the Will Fuller one usually I roll my eyes when it comes to trades because we simply don't have the cash and the salary cap is going down um, so we really don't have the cash uh, but Will Fuller uh, Ken Ingalls I think has brought out a tweet just saying that it wouldn't be the end of the world when it comes to salary cap stuff. So we could bring him in. Um, and again, we see the fan base say that, oh, this is Gudekunst, um, you know, sort of admitting now that he needs to go all out and this is the window and the Packers have started off well and everything else. Um, so this is where he's going to go all in. I don't know if I agree with that mantra. I still think Gudekunst, for right or wrong, is happy with the guys he has, including allegedly and I don't know if it's actually official yet but they've brought in Seth Roberts um, wide receiver released by the Panthers on Monday now when you look at his stats Pete it's not really lighting up the um, the scoreboard is it and he's going to be a practice squad guy anyway yeah. before being brought up sort of a slot receiver guy did this have you quivering in your boots and happy now that all is right in the world 
Seth Roberts from that college powerhouse, West Alabama. The exact um, one. Piece, I mean, come on. No, I mean, I mean, you know, he, he's a, he's a guy coming to the practice squad, I guess, to to replace um, uh, Robert Foster. Was it that that got signed off the Packers practice squad? Um, there really isn't too much too much to say there. You know, is is there any likelihood that that at this stage of his career that he's better than the guys on active roster the MVSs, the eqs of this world i suspect not yeah exactly i mean and and again we've said it before in the podcast the bet slot receiver that the packers have is actually Devonte adams and you know we have so many like tyler irvin um tight ends all those tropes yep. so like do we need this guy no do we yeah i, was gonna say, I guess the only thing it it gives them the opportunity to take a take a closer look at him yeah, you know, maybe he can return kicks or, or or whatever else as well. But you know they can bring him in there and get a long long look at him over a number of weeks and see if he's got you know anything that that might be useful for the future. But there's nothing in his past so far that indicates you know that he's the next coming of Devonte Adams. <laughs> no, probably not. So people can uh, you know relax um but if we look at this vikings game and we get away i guess from the from the trade talk and salary cap stuff um this is a wounded animal piece am i right in saying however they are still very dangerous here absolutely and you think that you know this is a vikings team at at one and five whose season could very soon be be shut down Mm. um but if they've got one big game in them it could be against, you know, probably their biggest rival right now, the the, the Packers. So, yeah. you know, clearly this is a game that the Packers ought to win, but there are some weapons that the Vikings have, particularly on particularly on offense, that that would make it a, a, a difficult team if you if you leave them hanging around. Mm. You know, you don't want to yeah. get, and we often say this about about most teams that we play, but you don't want to get into you know, the third quarter and the game's a three-point game. Mm. You know, you want to get to halftime into the third quarter with a with a couple of score leads that kind of makes your opposition one-dimensional. One yeah, I mean, how many times have you heard it um, from ex-Packer players who went to divisional rivals and they said that the Packers always aim for Super Bowl success, definitely into the playoffs, and they think of the, they've got their eye on the prize. Whereas when you go to the Lions or the Vikings or the Bears, and we, I've personally heard it on all three teams is that what they aim for is to beat the Packers now again anybody non-Packer fan related or players whatever they would look at that as some sort of smarmy arrogant comment but that's literally what we've heard from players that have jumped across uh, to those teams that these games are really big in the eyes of those other three teams whereas for the Packers it's still a big game and they still give them respect but the Packers use that as a means to get to uh, the Lombardi trophy or whatever um so, like you say, that's a, this could be the biggest game for the Vikes. Yeah, abs- a- absolutely right. And I and I think you know when you look at any team that's had the level of success over the last few years that the that the Packers have had, you know, the, the teams in your own division, their first aim is to try and knock off that team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, abs- abs- absolutely, absolutely spot on. Because I know I got a bit of heat before um, from uh, an old Vikings fan account. Uh, for saying that the Packers were a great team, um, better than some terrible teams because of the history that they had. And again, he somehow took it personally, which is, you know, I mean, if I have, say I'm balding, I'm not balding. I'm very, very hairy at present, right? (laughs) But say if I was balding and someone said something about receding hairlines 
and I went off on one. Well, then, you know, that's because I'm tetchy. So that's all I'm saying. But when we look at this defense, um, you know, no Daniil Hunter. He's been ruled out with neck surgery that he needs. Um, so he's gone for the rest of the... I don't know if he's had it or not, but he, he's gone for the season, right? So then in Gokwe, yep. they traded him away. He had a little holiday there and decided to leave again. Uh, he's gone to the Ravens. So they effectively have no pass rush. And we saw Aaron Rodgers beat up on their young CBs, uh, DBs and safeties, uh, whichever uh, monarchy you want to throw on them. So again, this is set up for the Packers offensively to do some wonderful things, Pete, right? But like you said, the, the real danger, certainly in my eyes anyway in this game, is the fact that... And again, you know, I'm going to get some derision here and people driving along are going to pull over the car and throw the stereo out. But the offense for the Vikings, sometimes inexplicably, can be super explosive. And again, this is from looking at past Packer games in the sense that all of a sudden, especially when they're backed up against it and we take out the run game, Kirk Cousins tends to grip it and rip it. Now, he has some nice weapons in there. Uh, Justin Jefferson is kind of the success story of the season for them he's looking uh, super tasty um, and also along with him you know they still have Thielen in there um, and everything else so I mean there are no chumps when it comes to this and they've Dalvin Cook in there so their offensive weapons sort of stay the same but you would imagine Pete wouldn't you that the Packers offensively uh, start smacking up uh, a big load of points this is all very scientific on the Vikings and it just kind of puts the game out of reach early hopefully no, ab- ab- absolutely. This is a Vikings team that ranks 28th in total in total defense. Um, yeah. You know, they're way down, I think, 29th against the pass, 22nd against the run. So they can't stop the pass or the run. Mm. Um, so so that augurs well for, you know, a Packers offense that that I guess primarily still is based around around the pass, but has a very strong running game, even if Aaron Jones can't go on Sunday. You know, I think Jamal Williams proved last weekend to be the player that I think we all thought he was, you know. So, um, yeah, I think offensively from from the Packers, you know, you would expect them to be putting up 30-plus points. It might be 40-plus points, um, just like they did in week in week one of the season against against the Vikings. Um, and and the, from, a Vi- from a Vikings perspective, you know, they've got quite a balanced offense as well. You know, mm. Dalvin Cook certainly can't be overlooked. I, you know, he's one of the top, running backs in 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 the league but typically in these games recently you know we've seen the Packers jump out early and you're right you know Kirk Cousins has ended up throwing for 300 350 400 yards in in a game where the Vikings are trying to come back from you know 14 or 17 or 20 points behind and and you know I it wouldn't surprise me at all to see something similar again again this weekend yeah because I mean there's a lot being said about Kirk Cousins and that he's having a nightmare of a season and he is and if you look at his stats and like it it gets really embarrassing at times I guess what we need to see is just that effective pass rush again uh, which was non-existent against the Bucs which was weird because you know offense we know we couldn't get anything going and then when it came against the defense um, you know that that was the indictment against them. Whereas, the, look, there's there's different storylines kind of coming out, and we're coming to the end. I know of quick snaps, um, but there's some interesting um stories out there, particularly Kamal Martin, Pete. Um, so with those interesting storylines, and we also see Mason Crosby as well. Stuff coming out about calf and back injuries too. Um, what are the interesting storylines for you or players that you're looking out for in this game? Uh, be it the Kamal Martins or what happens with Mason Crosby or Jair Alexander, is he going to be that shutdown guy? Will they stick him on Thielen or Jefferson or whatever? Um, there's a good few things to look at here, but what, is, what do you have your eye on? 
Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. There's 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 lots of good things, and I think I think yeah, I think um, Jair Alexander we, we we all love, and 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 he's proven to be you know that shut down corner plan at an all pro level this this year. So I think that's that's an excellent thing to watch on Sunday. Who he matches up with, you know, do they man him up with Jefferson or Thielen, or does he just basically take one half of the field? Yeah. Um, I, I I probably expect that he'll match up with 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 Jefferson probably. Um, but you know, I think that's a really interesting one, one to watch. I'm, I'm also interesting to see. I thought Kenny Clark was was more active this past weekend than he was, you know, in his first game back. Um, so I'm interested to see whether that that continues to to progress. And and as a kind of lesser known guy again, Montrevious Adams, who for two years we've been kind of tearing our hair out over. But in the last couple of weeks, I think he's probably been more active and, and and been in and around the ball in the last two weeks than he probably has in all the previous thirty odd games that he's played. So I'm I'm just interested to see how 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 Montrevious goes on Sunday. And let's finish the pod then and talk about the O line. Um, very impressive against the Texans, but we know how ineffective the Texans' pass rush was uh, we should see something kind of similar against yeah. the Vikings they have some nice pieces on defense you know we can't fool ourselves into thinking that they don't have quality there they do um, but if you know Bakhtiari's out now there's talk that you know they haven't put him on IR which means that it's not as serious as they think um, but is every game that he doesn't play in any way dangerous to his contract situation uh, for the money that he will command most likely and deserve let's put it um, next season so is it danger zone for him or have we got too many stop gaps on the O-line to actually take that seriously and we need to pay the man if we can come next season? Well, I think it's I think it's potentially dangerous to him. It could help him or hinder him, I think. Yeah. You know, Billy Turner played a good game at left tackle um last weekend, but like but like you say, you know, the the Texans pass rush JJ Watt aside wasn't up to too much and we and we expect hope touch wood that the vikings pass rush again isn't up to up to too much this this sunday um but you know if billy turner continues to put in solid performances at left tackle as the season goes on you know if if Bakhtiari is out for a while then you know i think that the the david's contract negotiating point at the end of the season you know the the 22 million that he's reported as as, as wanting um I think it will make it very it will make it very interesting. Yeah, n- nobody nobody's trying to suggest that Billy Turner is David Bakhtiari. Yeah. Right, no nobody's trying to suggest that and the left tackle is is still regarded as the most important position on the offensive line. But if you get a guy there that does does a good job, maybe not at an all pro level, but if Billy Turner does do a good job there for a number of games, then it will beg a number of questions. Yeah, if anything, it's it's more of a talking point too, right? It kind of dilutes Bakhtiari's um, negotiation in the sense that it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you are amazing. It's the it's like the analogy that I use about a Mercedes and a smart car. You know, they both get you to where you want to go, but you have to decide how much money you want to spend between the two as to yeah. if you want your 200 grand mark, which is David Bakhtiari, not saying Billy Turner is a smart car, uh, although smart cars are a damn good car. Um, you know, it's it's how much you want to pay on top of that to how much value that you get. Um, so very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, you can probably get, I don't know, a, a Kevin King plus an Aaron Jones for one David Bakhtiari. Yeah. And those are the kind of decisions that, you know, that, that, 
that Gooty and Rustball and those guys have to make after the after the season's over, which makes it interesting. Yeah, because I mean, even Jamal's resurgence—I wouldn't call it really a resurgence. I mean, the guy's put in the work and has always got the hard yards, but his performance um, last week, be it only one game that you know we're kind of talking about, but uh, he's always been kind of dependable. Um, to look at him, and I know Aaron Jones' production has been insane um, in comparison, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just. It's like everything's going really well. Um, Jesus touch wood again. And it just makes the conversation about these guys' contracts even more intriguing and complex and intricate. It, 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 ab- yeah, absolutely does. And I think, you know, we have to send the kudos out to, to Billy Turner and to, mm-hmm. and to Corey Lindsley, who's also playing excellently this year in his contract year, yeah. um, having an excellent all pro level season. So, yeah, up front, albeit. You know, a little bit patchwork given we started the season with 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 Bakhtiari and Lane Taylor starting, and neither of those guys are there right now. Mm. Um, up front, they've done a really good job. Yeah, uh, definitely one of the pleasant surprises of the season, as well as sitting at five and one. But that's the quick snaps episode. Uh, absolute quick snaps, uh, absolute pleasure <laughs> as usual. Um, so yeah, we'll work out the logistics after this game to see how we get on. I think if we get blown out, I don't. I just think there's no podcast anymore. I just think we have to pack it in. <laughs> um, it's just the way it is. But uh, yeah, where you're looking, you're in the pants anyway. He is at it hedgehog as usual. Peter Jones, you can find him. Um, on social media and also the pro football account and also uh, in the Facebook group as well. There's some nice conversation going on there and you can follow the Instagram, you can follow the YouTube, you can follow me at NFL. you can get onto the Patreon and get yourself some free merch. I mean, it's all doing. Uh, but until the post-game review on a short week where we have to go and uh, play on Thursday Night Football yes. from himself and myself, it's a big Go Pack Go and talk go to you there. Go.